0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, on the program today, a real treat as we are joined by the senior pastor of North Creek Church in Walnut Creek and speaker on Walk Through the Word. Heard Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. on KFAX. A delight to have with us back microphone side, Pastor Kent Dresdow. And Dr. Dresdo, good to see you again. Thank you for spending some time with us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: We've been getting good reports about Walk Through the Word, and uh, again, delight to have you on board. Give us a little bit of a sense for perhaps listeners that are brand new and and wondering what your new program is all about, kind of the, the overall thrust of the message that you're hoping to convey to listeners each day.
1: Yeah, you bet, Craig. Sure. Really, the essence of the program I, and our heart for it would be exactly what's stated in the title of the program. We just want to be able to provide a venue for folks to be able to walk with us through the word. That's what we do as a church. That's what we love as a church family church body is just having the the privilege of opening God's word and hearing God speak to us, lead us, guide us, love us, shepherd us in that way. And I, I really hope, Craig, that, that What we want to be about as a local church is what ends up kind of being communicated to listeners all over the Bay Area, that we would love to invite them to walk with us through the word of God and and see how it is that we might be able to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength more and more. And then how that translates straight into life, practically to love our neighbor, to love each other. Uh, more and more and more. So that's really the essence of, I hope, what we're trying to do with the radio broadcast as well as what we're trying to do, I know, on the local church side, too.
0: Is your sense the desire to hopefully... Help people better understand the word and its daily application so that it kind of moves from being, uh, how should I put this politely, the decoration on the coffee table or something that we occasionally will quote from if we want to impress our friends or seem to be super spiritual. But I think there's a sense that maybe it's like dad on Christmas morning. You're opening the gifts, and here comes the new fancy gadget that you bought your son or daughter. So dad's going to be the hero and assemble it together. The first thing we do is we toss aside the directions, (laughs) take out the screwdriver, and before you know it, by the time we're done, we either have many parts left over or it doesn't work. And I'm wondering if there are a lot of believers that take the same approach to life, that, well... There's cognizant acknowledgement of Scripture, the sense of seeing it as sort of the the day-to-day user's manual for getting through life and marriage and raising families and all of that, that sadly, it's just that coffee table decoration that I mentioned a moment ago.
1: Yeah, that's right, Craig, and that's really our desire is to have folks be able to engage with God's word in a way that they can understand for themselves and then be able to apply for themselves. Right. And, um, and none of us are meant to live in a vacuum We're we're meant to live in fellowship with one another and, and help each other understand God's word more and what God would walk from our lives and, and how it is that we can love and serve him uh, better. And none of us are in a place where we've arrived, you know, in our Christian life and walk. And so, uh, well, hopefully none of us think that. Right. And so we just want to be able to to join people with where the Lord has them, in in their life understanding that all of us have challenges all of us have struggles and and trials difficulties strains um we're battling with our flesh and sin i get that and then look to god right look to god and say god how how is it that we can navigate through life with what you've presented to us in a way that honors you in a way that really gives joy to us right i mean walking Um, in the word gives joy uh, as well as life and so man I want to make sure we we make that a focus too I hope that comes through that yes the Lord has um, marked out a path for us practically but that can be pursued with joy and um, and in a way that's life-giving not life-draining and so praise the Lord for the for the joy that comes from the word too even as we're trying to figure out how to like you said with all that God has presented to us in our life, uh, marriages, families with kids, jobs that seem like there's challenges every day. Um, how do we live for the Lord and how do we love the Lord in the midst of all that? Yeah. What a, what a great pursuit, right? What a joy to pursue that together and to pursue Christ together and all that. That's really what we're trying to have folks understand as they plug into the program day by day, week by week, month
0: by month. Let me ask a tough question here. Um, Do you see in in your ministry and the time that you spend with parishioners and and, and engaged in, of course, preaching from the pulpit and so forth, a, a correlation between... The struggles that individuals go through, the problems that they have, and perhaps a direct correlation to a, le- a level of um, biblical illiteracy in their life. And I'm <laughs> trying to choose my words wisely here because I don't want to offend anybody. But I yeah. just have to wonder you know, sometimes we hear people make ridiculous pronouncements or statements, even those oftentimes in the public arena that will make proclamations about being Christians or, or even identifying as evangelicals. And then you see some. Of their behavior and the words out of your, their mouths, and you think there seems to be a fundamental disconnect here. And I just wonder, overall, how much of this is directly relatable to a degree of biblical illiteracy? Yeah.
1: Oh, I think that's one of the one of the fundamental reasons why people are so confused today, with the the pace of things coming at uh, God's people, and and really the pace of things that are coming at people just in general today. It's, it's a bit of a blur, right? It's, I don't know that anybody would say that they have a, a ton of clarity with all the different just blurring issues coming at us uh, from all angles, which is why we do need to get back to the simple truth of the scripture, right? There is, the, the Bible says that there's clarity and simplicity in the sufficiency of itself to, to bring um, salvation to the soul and sanctification to the believer and, and really viewed that way, we can unclutter uh, our lives and just live a simple god-pleasing joy-filled life uh, for christ and so yeah i think you're right how do we move the bible off of the coffee table and and into people's minds and hearts and lives uh, it's by helping them see this simplicity and the clarity and the life transforming power of the word of god and when they when they when they catch that for themselves when they see that for themselves. Um, I think that that begins to build its own momentum. Now, now the word of God, like Proverbs 2 says, like I just read yesterday in my own time in the word, that God's word becomes a treasure. It's a treasure. And we seek after it with all of our heart. And that's when we see the the word do the work right by the spirit's power to transform a life. And, and Craig, would you say that the uncluttering another word for that biblically would be just it brings peace. It brings peace. Uh, The Holy Spirit brings peace as he brings comfort to us through the word and um and man do we need that in today's day and age that's just so confused and so supercharged with animus and conflict right
0: well and and when the enemy is coming at you with a fire hose of lies and confusion and and you know really none of this is a surprise it, it all goes back to kind of a john 1010 10 thing he's he's out to to seek like a roaring lion whom he may devour and destroy i mean that's the enemy's stated purpose and i and I and I think maybe one of the bigger challenges that a lot of believers have in that struggle as the enemy comes at you with that fire hose of confusion and doubt and and, and all of that um is maybe scripture becomes for a lot of people The fallback position, meaning we just got the news that a spouse has been diagnosed with cancer, that a child is dealing with a a, a drug abuse problem, whatever calamity it might be, and we go to that fallback position of going to the Word or going to pray. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to use the word to lead us every day, it's the fallback position. And I wonder if that winds up complicating things and allows maybe the doorway for the enemy to cast doubt and take advantage of us because we have not studied to show ourselves approved. Do you think that's true?
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. The the normal operation of the word of God in the life of the believer is that we feed on the word, right? Um, his His words are the words of life. They give life to us, eternal life, uh, but also spiritual vitality. And so when we don't feed on the word of God for ourselves, we starve ourselves. And then a crisis hits, Craig, of any different kind of magnitude or even an attack comes from the world or from the enemy and all of a sudden we we don't have the spiritual strength or stamina to persevere under trial, right? So so what we like to tell our folks is the time to, to feed on God's word is like you would in any given diet. You just you feed slowly over time, you change your diet slowly over time, and that intake is gonna lead to strength, which can then be spent in times of duress or trial or, or struggle or strain. And so <clears throat> it also helps us to fight temptation in our own flesh to sin. Uh, and so, man, praise the Lord that, that the truth is hidden in our hearts so that we might not sin against the Lord. And so there is so much strength to be had. But you're right, Craig, the time to get that strength is not in the crisis necessarily, although God in his mercy gives us supernatural grace uh, to to sustain ourselves in trial. But but the normal operation of the word is that we feed, feed, feed on it to be made strong for what God has waiting for us and what we walk ourselves into.
0: With us today, Dr. Kent Dresdo, Senior Pastor of North Creek Church of Walnut Creek. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of the conversation in just a moment.
1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
0: Dr. Dresnow, let's return to our conversation from a moment ago. And I think that strength is not only important as we kind of look at the example of the Word being the bread of life. And we know that, that bread and food gives us energy and sustains us and, and allows us to literally live. And I think yep. that there is a, a an obvious example there in how the Word then sustains us and gives us energy to live spiritually. But I think right. the other issue that oftentimes is getting lost, and, and we see this particularly in a growing level within uh, Christianity, particularly in the West, where there's technology that's demanding our attention and so many things that the enemy can use to distract us. And I think the problem is that oftentimes we find people that know God or, more accurately put, know of God, but yeah. don't necessarily know God and yes. that, that's a, that's a, a, a quandary that that many face that perhaps do so unawares. Meaning they go to church on Sunday, they they certainly acknowledge God's existence. If you ask them a thing or two, they can tell you a little bit about God, but not in an intimate way. Meaning they know of Him but don't know Him. And I I wonder if also that goes back to this this core issue of biblical illiteracy.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, because if you The the good news is um, that the the scriptures point us to a person, right? They point us to the Lord and they point us specifically to Christ. And so in him is life. um, And that life was the light of men, right? John 1 talks about that. Um, And so this is eternal life, John 17, that that, that we might know God and know his son whom he sent. So it's about relationship, right? Um, the gospel is pointing us to a personal relationship with Christ as we turn away from ourselves and our sin. And as we turn to the living God, turn to Christ and put our trust in him, we're putting our trust in a person and not just a set of rules in the Bible, but the Bible pointing us to that relationship. And, um, and, and he becomes then, as you know, Craig, and the Psalms just explode this. He becomes our rock and our refuge and our strength, our stronghold, our fortress. Um, And all that we need. And so uh, with the word pointing us to the Lord, that's where we find our strength is in that relationship uh, with him. And that's good news, right? Because we live in an isolated world, too, not just a biblically illiterate world. But we live in a a relationally isolated world now, right? With all of the social media making us lonelier and lonelier and more and more isolated, uh, there's just a greater need for us to be taking people back to God's word to to take them to the Lord Jesus Christ the good shepherd of their souls. So I think you're right Craig to connect the the rise of biblical illiteracy has has led to a rise of uh, spiritual isolation and, uh, and and those can feed on, on each other in really um in really harmful ways but that's where we got to take people back to the good news right of the gospel.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know it's interesting because it seems as if in some ways, um, the pandemic help to exacerbate that. I hear from yeah. pastors all over the Bay Area and the country that say, yeah, we're, we're not seeing the numbers that we used to see. And I think a lot of it is that people have gotten comfortable. And I, I want to be cautious here. I've, I've spent my entire career very intimately involved with technology, even as we're <laughs> using technology to carry on this conversation right now. And I'm not suggesting that it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it also can create a false sense of, sense of intimacy. For example, we all know the person who generally tends to be kind of isolated, doesn't have a large group of friends, and yet if you go to their Facebook page, they seemingly have 10,000 friends, and you think, why doesn't that square with the person that I know, right? Right, yeah. And and I think we've seen, even as people have learned to kind of hide behind the mask of texting And email, sometimes kids today don't even know how to carry on a conversation Uh, largely because the technology while we think in some fashions has brought us together but I have to think that there's also a degree to which it's created a sense of false intimacy and therefore people become more isolated they don't have the kind of um, tactile relational iron sharpens iron experience Uh, and I think that's certainly true uh, when it comes to the church, you know, you, you think that you can, like a sponge, sit at home and absorb it. And I'm not suggesting that there's not some benefits to hearing it on the radio through the internet or whatever. But when right. the word says, forsake not. The gathering of yourselves, and after all, let's face it: the, the whole core message of of the gospel is about relationship. God's right. desire to be in 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 relationship with us, and for us to be reconciled unto Him. If God puts that much emphasis on relationship, then I think we should also pay some attention to that too, shouldn't we?
1: Yeah, man, amen. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, that in that same passage, Hebrews ten, um, the author goes on to say we need to be considerate of how we s- spur one another on to love and good deeds and that happens in the context of gathering together and Paul hits on that same theme in 1 Corinthians when you come together as a church in 1 Corinthians 10 11, 12, 13 and by the way all of the uh, emphasis of loving um, of love being fleshed out in the church in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians happens in the context of the church gathered and so yeah Craig it's it's true for all the benefits of technology, and I, I'm with you. I'm a major believer in technology, and, and in fact, sometimes I've kind of gotten ribbed for my for my embracing of technology. I just love it. I love God's grace to us, common grace to us, in, in the gift of being able to connect with people in ways that no other generation in history could have imagined. Right? What a blessing! So I'm not downplaying it. I am saying that the the potential danger of it is that we use that as a substitute for. That the the more fruitful and fundamental work of being together personally and interpersonally, and so that sharpening that you mentioned, that can happen a little bit online or even maybe moderately online, but we know what happens online. When when someone really presses you, you just turn them off, Mm -hmm. right?
0: You just you just. Block them, Sharp- defriend them. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> yeah, it's easy.
1: It's easy, right? But yeah. that's hard to do relationally. And so the sharpening, the good, solid sharpening, the exhortation work, some of the, some of the, the more fruitful but sometimes more difficult relational work, um, that is done in the context of people being together in the, in, in the local church. And so, and then the real joy, the deep seated joys of walking with people personally through uh, amazing victories in the Christian life. You know, just mountaintop experiences those are those are two entered into most deeply most substantially interpersonally. and so you know the the, the the harder parts of relationship get blunted a little bit online and the, the just majestic soaring victories of, of of the Christian life are enjoyed best interpersonally and aren't quite the same online. and so isn't that why I think the Lord's wisdom He just calls us to gather and um, and to gather together there's a sweetness there. And plus two, one last thing we can typically choose the people we choose to align with online more. Um, when you go to church, you don't get to choose God's choosing, right? He's bringing together the people that he wants to assemble. And so we need to make it a little bit harder and a little bit sweeter to, to love uh, and to serve people that you didn't handpick yourself, um, but rather God did. And so, I just am grateful for for what God's given to us online, Craig. I mean, look at the relationship that's forged here uh, with KFAX and and North Creek. Praise the Lord for that. But then look at the benefits of the local church, too. And um, I think both are are fruitful in different ways.
0: Absolutely. With us today, Dr. Kent Dresdo, Senior Pastor of North Creek Church of Walnut Creek. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of the conversation in just a moment.
1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
0: Welcome back. We're visiting today with Dr. Kent Dresdo, the senior pastor of North Creek Church of Walnut Creek. Dr. Dresdo, I'd like to come back to what we were discussing just a few minutes ago. And again, you know, technology can be a bridge or it can be a wall. It just depends on how we use yeah, that's it. that's right. And, you know, the, the other thought that comes to mind as we look at sort of the the, the broader mandate uh, to go and be disciples and make disciples That's really complicated when you're trying to do it, you know, in the fortress of your home with the door locked and the window shades pulled down uh, when we're called to be out among people and and, and to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of Christ. And and how can you speak truth to a neighbor if you've never seen them and never met them? And, you know, maybe that's part of the challenge here, too. I, I often hear people will say, well, my faith is a very private thing. Well, certainly the the intimate aspects of your relationship with Christ, I understand that. But you know, Jesus doesn't tell us, and again, another wonderful biblical illustration to to hide our light under you know underneath the bed or or, you know put a basket on top of it. He tells us put it up on top of the stand and and make it shine as bright as possible. And you know, if I look at the world around us today, the, the one thing that kind of repeatedly comes to mind, and we know living in the Bay Area. It seems that every day there's news about a carjacking or there is a shooting on the freeway. Growing numbers of people feel as if, gee, I, I'm I'm almost afraid to leave my house now. And we look at all this stuff and we think to ourselves, my, my, how dark it is. It's so terribly dark. But I, I love the illustration. You know, when we come home in the evening, maybe we've taken our spouse out for dinner. We come back eight, nine o'clock at night. The house is all dark. You know, you can sit around and complain about how dark it is or you can walk up to the lamp and go turn the switch off. On. and yeah, what really what we're trying to convey is that it's not that we're overwhelmed by darkness it's that there's a lack of light so when there's too much darkness turn on the light yes. maybe part of the challenge as we look at the broader issues going on in our culture and society today is you know the 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 enemy can run rampant if you leave the light turned off but if you turn yeah. the light on uh things can change maybe that's part of the challenge here
1: yeah i i agree and look i mean i don't pretend to um to have our folks think that it's easy to be a light it's hard Mm -hmm. you know and i i listen to some stories and i i am amazed at just and people's heart for the lost people's heart for the area um, the ways that they very thoughtfully very humbly but very passionately bring uh the gospel into relationships with unbelievers they know um and and you know the thing that I love about that illustration that you shared from Matthew about not having your light um, hide, but rather let your light shine, is that the climax to that, all of that at the end of the book of Matthew is we do that with Christ right at our side, right? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you're never alone. I think we can feel like we are, though, Craig. Um, and I think even especially in the Bay Area, uh, it can be easy in the swirl of everything just to think, is there anybody out there, you know, who's 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 um who's engaged and committed to to, to the same things that I'm committed to in, in, in the gospel? And and yet we need to remember, as we we're called to let our light shine, that that Jesus is right there with us. He's right there with us. And so we don't have anything to fear, right? Um and his love is for us. We don't have to be afraid. And all those all those simple truths come back and they give us Uh, Strength for the task, right? And and strength for the task in what I think is a is a, a really needy and really sometimes tough area or region here in the Bay. Oh, what uh, an opportunity too,
0: right? Absolutely. And you know, I I often kid people and say, you know, you you want to be a missionary. Uh, 75 to 100 years ago, that required learning a new language, getting a passport, you know, getting, getting, uh, getting your, your organization to support you, traveling to a far flung country, living amongst the people for two years, and then finally maybe being able to do a church plant. Today, if yeah. you want to reach the world for Christ and, and you happen to live in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, open your front door. Because I'm yep. going to guarantee you there's going to be somebody across the street or down the block or that you work with or, or uh, you know run into every day at the bank, the grocery store, wherever, that is from another place that has never heard of the gospel. And I think the other thing, too, is that maybe sometimes we, we shortchange the Holy Spirit. In all of this, I've heard some people that say, you know, uh, Dr. Desdell, I don't have your theological education. If they ask me a question, I won't be ready to answer. I'm not good at scripture memorization. So they allow that sense of fear to prevent them from saying anything or under the misconception that the conversation begins by quoting John 316 and ends with them making a confession of faith in front of you in 10 minutes time. And yeah. it isn't always like that. I mean, I, I think of our own experiences. Now, yes, some were raised in the church. A lot of us were not, and yep. yet God, along the way, put people in our pathway to share the gospel. For most people. A decision to follow Christ was not an instantaneous experience, but it was part of a long process as the Holy Spirit worked on us, convicted us of sin, and, and began to reveal uh, himself to us. And so maybe part of the mistake is that we put so much, um, how should we say so much of a sense of responsibility on ourselves that we're, what we're really doing is leaving the Holy spirit out of the equation. Do you think that's, yeah. that's true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I forget Craig who said that, um, you know, God is the great, the greatest evangelist. <laughs> so, and that's because of the spirit. And so um, man, just trusting that the spirits at work and the conversations that we have as, as, Weak as we think we are, and, and and we are weak, right? But but as sometimes as weak as we we, we think we are, with like, man, Lord, I, I I could have said this, or I I should have walked through this, or I should have presented. You know what? It's just required of stewards to be found faithful. First Corinthians four, uh, with the mysteries of Christ, just be faithful. And faithfulness can sometimes just be, yeah, you you are another conversation along the path of many conversations that the Spirit's going to use to draw His people to Himself and. And what a joy to be just be a part of the process, right? We don't have to be the we don't have to be the one that that plants the seed and waters it and brings it to fruition, right? Paul didn't say that. It's it's you know one waters another, you know, one plants, another waters and another seeds the fruit. And um, God does the, the work all the way along. So so to, to yeah, I think you're right. To have a realistic expectation of what it means to be a presence for Christ in this region. Will keep you engaging in the work long term. Otherwise, I think we just are. You know, it's it, the tendency can be too much pressure that's put on ourselves, and then there's too much inclination to maybe just give up, right? Because you don't, you're not seeing the fruit when it's really God's job all the way along, and we're dependent on the Spirit and um, and just be faithful where where God has you.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard it sometimes said, uh, an individual who's never made a decision for Christ, how come? Well, either they never knew a Christian. Or maybe they did know a Christian. They just knew the wrong kind. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right, that's right. I, I am, uh, I'm struck by um, something that is on the North Creek Church website that I think um, ideally fits our discussion today. And that is, and we talk about that broader sense of what true discipleship is, to be a disciple, to make disciples, um, the notion of being impelled and compelled by Scripture in devotion to the 3 w's and i love this I'm, i might even steal this <laughs> yeah. worship our walk and our witness our worship our walk and our witness and that that really encompasses everything doesn't it when it comes to yeah. our relationship with christ who he is to us and 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 our entire experience here on earth in this, you know, short little nanosecond of time compared to eternity as we are working out our salvation, becoming sanctified, and eventually go on to glory, that it really comes down to those components of how we daily live our lives, our worship, our walk, and our witness.
1: Yeah, correct. We we see that mission statement as kind of comprehensive across the entire scripture. It really does say it all, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's been a long-standing um, mission of our church. We haven't changed that. You know. Um, there's language in there about uh, that kind of echoes the the book of Ephesians that we're walking through on the radio right now. Uh, our mission statement is to we exist to build Christians. And that word build is the word in Ephesians 4 for edify the church, building one another up in love. That's the same mm-hmm. word. So building Christians who worship God, walk in love and witness to the world. We could also easily say if we want to lean more towards the Great Commission, uh, we exist to make disciples who worship God, walk in love and witness to the world. And so either way um, we just want to be, yeah, we want to be pointing people to those three W's is what we call them. And so worshiping God, Craig, what we say about that is that has two parts. One is your private worship of Christ in your own time with the Lord. We don't want to call it just devotions or did you read your Bible today? Or did you spend time with the Lord? We actually want to say, no, did you, did you worship Christ today in the word in prayer? that's private worship. And then there's corporate worship, which is being a presence in the local church, especially on the Lord's day Sunday
0: morning. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And then walk in love is about sanctification with one another. And that has two expressions too. one is to fellowship with God's people in community. And the other one is to serve God's people in service. That's walking in love. And then witness to the world also has two components, local and global expressions of witness for, for God. And so worship, walk and witness each have kind of, Uh, a dual component to them and in that way we want to push people uh, on in their walk with christ
0: with us today dr kent dresdo senior pastor of north creek church of walnut creek we'll take a brief time out come back to more of the conversation in just a moment and now back to
1: lifeline with craig roberts
0: Welcome back. We're visiting today with Dr. Kent Dresdo, the senior pastor of North Creek Church of Walnut Creek. Dr. Dresdo, let's return to our conversation from a moment ago. And I would suspect... Doctor Jesdo, that the order of that is is very intentional, and and here's the reason why. As we were alluding to a moment ago, oftentimes people look at witnessing like paying taxes. It, well, it's something you have to do. You don't want to do it, but you're compelled to do it, and so you kind of check the box. Okay, I I I left the Bible track on the you know the table after I you know finished my meal or something, and we feel as if we've done our thing. Right. But I, I would wonder if. If witnessing is not something that ought to be not approached from a we have to do it as opposed to we get to do it, because wow. if if your wit if you're if your worship is happening and it's feeding into your walk, then in my mind the natural outgrowth is hey look at what God has done in my life. Let me tell you what a mess I was before. Let me tell you all the things that have been beyond. First and foremost, my salvation, but all the other blessings that God has given me. I mean, who do you know that wins the lottery that keeps their mouth shut and doesn't tell anybody? No one. Everybody makes a big deal about it. They go on TV, they tell their friends. Before they know it, they find out they have more friends than they ever realized. Yeah. But a good event we want to share. Well, if there is something vibrant and tactile and, and, and and deep taking place in our relationship with Christ, then all of a sudden, it seems to me, it shifts the sense of, of of witnessing from the "I have to" category, like paying taxes, to "I get to" category. And boy, when I think when you when that mindset does that one eighty like that, yeah. I would imagine that there is the place where the Holy Spirit can then really use us.
1: Yeah, correct. I I agree with that. I think, you know, to to kind of borrow and modify what I think John Piper has said, um, we would say witness exists because worship doesn't. And meaning meaning we we want to witness for for God and the gospel to to have more worshipers adore the Lord, right? And and, and John four says that my Father is seeking true worshipers that's what the father's doing. He's seeking true worshipers. Well, how does that happen as we witness for God and those, uh, those people become believers in Christ. And so, yeah, we would want to put, put witness out before our people as a privilege, like you said, a partnership too, with other believers. You're not out there by yourself. You're not out there. Christ is with you. And that's so that more worshipers might, uh, exalt the God that we love and adore too. So we try to, we do try to bring them together in that way. You're right, Craig. And I would say, you know, if we had to choose one to kind of have the other two flow out of, I think I do think that order is important. We exist to worship God. We're going to do that for all of eternity. And that's going to spill over in our walk with other believers and our witness to those who are um, not in Christ yet. So, yeah, I think the one kind of fuels the other two. That's true. Um, but we also hang out the privilege of both, right, to walk in love and then to witness. So we do love that. Craig, it's simple too, right? It's not hard to re- no. re- remember. It's comprehensive, uh, but simple. Yeah, we really, we really are thankful for that. And, and by the way, other churches do it too, right? I mean, they have other, the three E's or the, the three, you know, C's or whatever of the Christian life, we have the three W's well,
0: and whatever it takes to kind of prompt our heart and our thinking in that direction. I mean, in my That's mind, not- you know, r- write it on the bathroom mirror in lipstick or, or permanent marker. <laughs> so it greets you every morning and it's yep. something that is a constant reminder. And, you know, it's interesting we all know people that have gone through difficult times. There's nobody listening to our conversation today that hasn't either directly or indirectly dealt with, with loss and tragedy and financial challenges and health challenges and whatever it might be. But I find when, when you're in those difficult moments and your heart is so heavy and you feel as if God is a million miles away and your prayers don't go beyond the ceiling, if you start to enter into worship and just surrender and mm-hmm. take the focus off of the woe is me, and mm-hmm. problems that are perhaps very legitimate and very overwhelming, but you begin to shift the focus off of you and on him. Yeah, It's difficult to stay in that defeated, disappointed, discouraged mode for very long, because there, there's, there's something about, you know, the word says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I think that's true both in terms of, of corporate worship as well as private worship. And if you really know what it is, get this to labor <laughs> maybe that's not by accident labor to enter into his rest i mean it's sometimes work but yeah. once you achieve that once you arrive there what the holy spirit can do what the lord will do to lift your heart lift your spirit brighten your day and and see him do miracles amongst us why that he might be glorified in our lives and of course as a witness to others. I mean, there's something really there's something precious in that and something that you can't duplicate in any other form or fashion.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. There's just a lot of strength that comes from adoring the Lord again. And then even like looking around. Sometimes I'll just Craig look around and just see what the Lord is doing in terms of prompting people's heart to engage with their voice and praise to God. And I just go, man that's strengthening too um and and then to be able to sit under the word and all of us are in that together in that moment of hearing god speak to us um in his word knowing for a fact the spirits at work uh comforting us in our um in our suffering uh, convicting us in our sin how kind is is god in that moment I, I just look at all of that and just go, there is strength in all of that for for just the week. Look, Craig, we're not many times. I think you're right. Many times we're, we're looking for an event that will be life changing. And I tell our folks, the worship service is the kitchen table, man. It's the kitchen. Just get to the table, you know, and, and let's just be together as a family. Let's feed on God's word. Let's have a good meal. Be challenged, comforted, convicted. And then let's get back out there for the next week until we sit back together again for our next meal. It's a kitchen table. I think sometimes we want it to be like this moment we will never forget for the rest of our life. And I tell our folks, let's be realistic. You don't remember my sermon from three weeks ago. And by the way, you don't remember my, you don't remember what you had for dinner three weeks ago. That's That's because that's how meals work. They're just strength enough for today strength enough for this week and then come back again for another meal at the kitchen table. So that's how we, that's how we communicate. like, look, we're, we're God has done some amazing things to the church. We, we, we haven't master planned anything. The Lord's doing the work. Um, and, and we're just, so we're okay. So we're a bigger family, but still we just want to be seeing ourselves as a family gathering around the kitchen table. Um, and, and, and Christ is feeding us. And so, um, in all that, Craig, I just think, yeah, we don't we want to be realistic about the Christian life. And and there's a lot of people who are going to need to be comforted in that service a lot. And there's a lot of people who are, might need to be convicted too, just of some ways that they need to make progress in the faith. Uh, turn away from their sin in some way and then and then turn back to the Lord. He's kind and forgiving um, and will we'll help us get back on the path to growth. Oh, there's so many things happening when God's people worship together, it's really sweet.
0: And I think we can all take comfort in the notion that this is, as you say, while while our surrendering to Christ or his work on the cross might be, in a sense, uh, a a singular event, the growth of our relationship and our surrendering to him is a process. And some days we're better at it than others. Um, Other days are just absolutely horrific and we wonder where God is. And yet, keep returning to that worship, keep returning to the Word, keep returning to uh, church, and understand yes. that little by little, th- this process will continue. Yes. And inch by inch, you draw closer and closer and closer. I heard one say it this way. Um, you know, the, the old um, uh, basic children's hymn, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. So we're, uh-huh. we're convinced of that love based on His Word. But I'm also persuaded that As time in our relationship grows, and our seasons in life mature more and more, and our experience in that worship and that relationship with God grows, and our knowledge of the word, right, precept upon precept grows, that we also reach the point in life where we say, yes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But I also, from my own experience and relationship with God, not knowing of Him, but knowing Him, that wow. I know, that I know, that I know, that I think that that God's love and, and who He is for us gets ingrained inside of our very spirit. And so all of a sudden now, there's that sense of Holy Spirit witness of yeah. the veracity of God's Word and what we know God has done in our own lives. And there's something very precious about that.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think... That's another thing that you just mentioned. The the experience of of seeing the Lord do the work in our life that only he can do um, is one of the glorious reasons to be a part of a church body. I mean, that reminds me, as you're talking of Psalm 78, that one generation will repeat the wondrous works of God to the next generation. And, uh, And then they pass down God's great work in their life to the next generation. And so... Yeah, seeing God's work put into practice in God's people's lives, seeing God do this amazing work, and then hearing the stories from one generation to the next of God's great work in Christ, uh, because all because of the cross, like you said. Oh my goodness, there's so much strength. Well, and
0: that. even the church today stands on the spiritual legacy of the disciples, yes, who walked and witnessed, and then went and told and. Twelve people. I mean, they did a better job than most church pulpit committees do, right? Yeah, twelve people, and here we are, more than two thousand years later, still talking about him because of the witness of twelve people and those experiences being, of course, uh, recorded in the Word and passed down to us today. It's 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 pretty it's pretty phenomenal stuff when you start to really begin to absorb it.
1: Yep. And we've seen a lot of folks come to Christ uh, in our church context uh, recently. And it's just been really sweet, too, that walk and love component. It's been really sweet to see, you know, um, husbands go like, hey, I i didn't grow up, um, you know, knowing anything about the truth of the word. I, did, I never grew up in a church. And so what does it mean, mean for me to be a husband to my wife now? Um, <clears throat> you know, moms are asking the question, just coming to Christ. <clears throat> how do I... What does it mean for me to be a mom right now? I I feel like my whole life is brand new, and I'm seeing things clearly for the first time. How do I, how do I love and shepherd my kids? You know, it's such a joy. It's so cool to see God's word make a difference in in new believers' lives too, as they learn and then relearn what it means for them to be uh, having Christ shape their home and their marriage and their family and so forth. And yeah. so, that walk and love component is important because you have some seasoned saints who are able to go, Hey, let me walk with you in discipleship for a while and, and help you understand what's going on in your life. And I do that my wife does that. My son's doing that now with people where he's being shaped and he's being shepherded. I am too, with older men above me and younger men below me, uh, Titus two style. And so, Mm uh, that walk in love component is really, it stands at the center and maybe, maybe for that reason, right. Uh, to shape us, into the disciples of Christ that God wants us to be.
0: And that really brings us back and again ultimately full circle to where our conversation began today and that is the importance of the word and the application of the word and not to just know of God but to know God personally of course that's the process that we've been talking about today and, and many of the things that God uses to feed into us is studying to show ourselves approved, studying the word of course being involved in a local fellowship and if maybe you're new to the San Francisco Bay area and looking for a new church home we invite you to check out North Creek Church of Walnut Creek run through if, if you would pastor briefly the service times
1: yeah so we have two different services uh, that meet on sunday mornings at 9 and then at 10:45 um and so we would invite anybody to attend uh, the services are open to all and then we have um adult groups that meet at the same time. We call them life stage groups that meet on both those services. And we always make sure that people are invited to those as well. We have all kinds of ministries for families uh, from the nursery. I just found out we had 42s, 42 year olds in our two year old classroom. We are packed out with kids, but praise the Lord for all the life. And, and we're trying to figure out how to care for them best we can. And, and, then, uh, and then just you know ministries all the way up with uh, children's, junior high, high school, college. We have a really vibrant and booming singles ministry too. praise the Lord for the, the folks in the church uh, who are in that place in life. They are powerhouses for ministry in the church and then all the way up to our senior saints as well. So on Sundays, we want to encourage people to join us for the worship service and then also hang around for fellowship, too. Um, and, and just join what God is doing here. It's God's work, not ours. We say that all the time. He's leading. We're responding. We say that all the time. And so uh, praise the Lord for the work going on here.
0: Lots of exciting things happening. Again, check out North Creek Church located at 2303 Ignacio Valley Road in Walnut Creek online at NorthCreek.org. That's NorthCreek.org. And the broadcast Walk Through the Word Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. And Pastor Dr. Kent Desno, we sure appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Craig. I really appreciate it.